welcome to the world of Rex. It is Marvel A. Rex here, recording from the studio, otherwise known as my closet. We're going to be talking about the energies of the week of November 14th to November 20th of 2022. Okay, yes, tone change. I love a tone change. We are officially out of an intense moment. A lot of folks may not feel like they're out of that intense moment, but energetically, the wave is starting to recede. There is going to be a tone shift. We're especially going to feel it in late November, but we're already almost halfway through. And by the end of the week, we're two-thirds of the way through the month. So what happened the last two weeks was in the astrology world known as eclipse season. It's a time of great highlighting. It's like a giant highlighter in your life highlighting all the things that you're like, okay, these things are changing, whether my ego wants them to change or not, and I have to reckon with them. So there's a lot of reckoning. Obviously, the full moon lunar eclipse happened on election day. I'm actually recording this on election day in the evening. (laughs) I decided to pick just an intense moment to have a Uranian talk with y'all. And what this moment is, the day that I'm recording, November 8th, is sort of a culmination moment that has been building since November of 2021, okay? So it's technically part three in a three-part series of eclipses happening in the constellations of Taurus and Scorpio, and those two signs rule structures and security and security, especially to do with finance, power, control, anything to do with sexuality, including reproductive justice. This nodal activation is all happening during the U.S. Pluto return, Pluto being the the co-ruler of Scorpio. So there's a lot of dialogue. This is very interweaved here in the sense that all these moments, including November 8th, including January 6th, which happened with a very strong Taurus signature, they're all tied into the larger story of the U.S. Pluto return, which is the U.S. undergoing a massive Phoenix moment, a transformation moment, an irrevocable change on a fundamental burn-to-the-ground style kablooey ending to new beginning. That's the Phoenix energy, right? The thing burns down and then there's a little pile of ashes and a little baby bird pops up. So that's, we're in the middle of that. Uh, Technically, we're near the tail end of the eclipse cycle. So what that means is that we're at the tail end of understanding in our personal lives what is truly foundationally and fundamentally important for us and and is furthering our self-esteem versus the things that need to go because they are scorpionic, south node, they are addictive and mashed, dangerous, illegal, untruthful, not true to who we truly are, right? So a lot of us are, I think all of us collectively, because this is how the nodes work, they affect everybody, everybody is being asked to navigate and wrestle with their demons and their angels and understand what's real with those things. And you know, the wrestling part is so important. There is nothing to be ashamed about in the wrestling process. And so I, I want to offer that. I probably, you know, I, I hopefully offered that at the beginning of this cycle, which began in November of 2021. I guess the podcast didn't exist until February of 2022. So in February or March of 2022, I hopefully gave a good round out about how we are releasing our addictions. We're releasing a lot of things that no longer serve our self-esteem and the building of our self-esteem. That would have been episode one of The World of Rex. I went into the nodal cycle really deep. And that is finding, you know, it's finding its culmination moment in April of 2023. So we're almost out of the woods in the sense of what are we holding on for dear life, Taurus, that literally supports our life, 
right? The relationships that are more aligned with who we are, the way we interact with the physical realm, money, resources, jobs. Like, are you doing the things that you love, that give you life? And are you releasing the scorpionic parts, the parts that are your demons, the parts that you know are self-undoing? What I'm going to talk about in terms of a Kabbalistic term, which is short-circuiting, so doing things that are a knee-jerk reaction that make you feel safe initially but cause more problems down the road, right? These are all the things that we are coming to actually like a, a near culmination moment in April. And I would say, you know, there's one final eclipse in October of 2023, so another date for us to work with, just to keep in mind the larger cycle, is October of next year. By October, if you've been doing the work to really put yourself first and to love yourself deeply and to release the things that no longer serve you, and even if that's a painful process, releasing those things, by October of 2023, you'll very likely look around and some aspect of your life will reflect the massive amount of work that you've done over this last cycle beginning in November of 2021. I wonder what it was like for everybody if they can think back to how November 8th felt for them. Because for me, I feel it because I'm a Cancer rising and the moon is my ruler and the moon gets eclipsed, right? That's what's happening on a lunar eclipse. My body has just felt, I've felt a very psychosomatic process that's been like up and down. I've been really cold and really hot. I'm having a hard moment like breathing right now. <laughs> my body temperature is super high. So I'm just being vulnerable there and, and expressing that. But that, that can happen. That These are very intense moments, very intense portals. As you listen to this podcast, we're already several days out from that eclipse. So this is the sort of come down moment. It's a really great time to be taking stock, okay? Really think about what happened in your life between October 25th and November 8th. What were the big standout moments that happened for you between October 25th and November 8th? Those are good things to like write down, put, you know, put it in your phone, make a note because they're Coming around again over the next six months to be sussed out, figured out, and, and you know, kind of ended or wrapped up, karmically dealt with, dharmically fought for. Like, those are the things. The themes that I've been talking about, I will say one more time, have to do with your feeling of security, the people that make you feel alive, the people that don't make you feel alive, that's the Scorpio. Those are things you're releasing. Uh, personal addictions, your ability to self-regulate, your ability to restrict when you need to restrict, but also not to overly restrict, right? That's the danger there, the balance. And your relationship to money, resources, and doing, doing things that bring you joy pleasure like what is your relationship to pleasure in this lifetime and also like fundamentally what is your relationship to your body that's taurus the north node in taurus is like you've got to do things that make your body feel good now you can't overdo it we're going to talk about that but you have to do things that make your body feel good and sometimes the initial things like the addictions they feel good short circuit initially and then they make your body feel worse so really sussing out what is the longevity taurus is long term long-term pleasure. Like, how do you achieve long-term pleasure? So I'm going to talk a little bit about a modern Kabbalistic idea called restriction. I think it's going to be really helpful for folks because it directly deals with the Taurus-Scorpio axis, of which we are still in. We're still so deep in, in Scorpio season, and this is the first time that we've had the South Node in Scorpio during Scorpio season in about 18 years. If you remember 18 years ago in your life, that might be a helpful moment to understand what was going on for you. This is uh, some sort of resonant mirror of 18 years ago for you. So there's lessons that are being relearned or further added onto and articulated from 18 years ago. So just think about that. It's really good to go back and be a detective in your own life. That's called developing consciousness, being a better citizen of the world. Okay. 
So we're going to talk about restriction first, and then we're going to talk about the weekly energy. I want you to think, I'm going to frame the idea of a restriction within the energy of what's happening now. So each of us are being offered a chance in some area of our life to practice restriction. I will put a caveat that the extreme side of restriction is its own addiction. So right, that's the middle path that Buddhists are always striving for. So what I'm offering is an interesting idea that has helped me a ton in my interpersonal relationships and my relationship to myself. And also, if you over-practice restriction, you create another addiction out of restriction, which a lot of people do. So <laughs> I'm just putting that as a caveat, and I'll give examples in a moment. Okay, so this is a modern Kabbalistic teaching taught often through the Kabbalah Center, which has had, you know, anyway, interesting moments of fame in popular culture with Madonna, etc. I'm not going to go down that wormhole. They have given me a lot of tools that help, and so I'm going to share one of them that really reflects the archetypal energies of Taurus and Scorpio, who both rule the pleasure centers. Like, Taurus rules the throat through which food enters the esophagus and gets digested. So Taurus is about tasting. A really good word for Taurus is tasting. So each and every one of us with the North Node in Taurus is tasting a new part of life. And maybe you're even afraid to feel that pleasure of a new thing, of the taste of it. Oh my gosh, this is like a, a thing that I never gave myself permission to do until this year, and I love the taste of it, right? For some of us, it's like, whoa. I didn't let myself taste this thing, and it scares me. Um, and also, I can't go back because I've tasted the, the, you know, I've tasted, what is it? Not that you drank the Kool-Aid, it's the opposite. It's like you uh, took the red pill, right? This is the tasting the red pill. You can't go back. You can't unsee the thing. Now, Taurus is the taste, is the mouth, is the throat, right? Scorpio is the genitals, another pleasure center. It is also a pleasure center that is tied in with excreting things. So we excrete things from those pleasure centers that Scorpio rules, right? That's where the poop and the pee comes out of. But also, a lot of pleasure can come out of those realms as well. So that's why restriction is so important as a topic in this moment during this Scorpio season because we are all archetypally, every single person, every single person you see walking around right now, in some area of their lives, they're navigating my pleasure another person's their other person's pleasure their relationships pleasure and the pleasure of their taste versus the pleasure of their you know gonads mm. and that's libidinal energy which can also really relate to creative projects to your career to labor labor is libidinal i'm not going to go down that wormhole right now but we're all navigating where do i put my sexual energy which is sacred where do i put my the taurus is like what do i put in my mouth what is the in information that i'm ingesting and tasting every day is that true to who I am? Does that make me feel good? And am I? what is my relationship to what I'm tasting and my libidinal energy on an archetypal level? All of those things are changing for everybody right now. And that's what you're going to watch yourself navigate and other people navigate. And those places, the mouth and the genitalia, those are spaces that are really intimate spaces that people don't love talking about in popular culture. There's like a, a fear of really diving into those spaces. Now, I'm like a weirdo performance artist person, creature, and so those things don't freak me out, but we're all navigating it. And it's no, you know, no surprise that Roe v. Wade got overturned during a Taurus North Node. Taurus is like, I don't want to taste that. We're going to leave the genitals. We're going to, like, trap the genitals. We're going to trap Scorpio, right? So we're going to ignore the genitals. It's like, no, that's all happening. So anyway, that's all going to get sussed out. But, um, and I'm digressing immensely, <laughs> but this is why I'm talking about restriction, because this has to do with everybody right now. 
everybody's going to be navigating this in some to some degree of consciousness. So let's let me share some stuff that helps me a lot in these areas. Now, I'm someone, for those who know me, some folks really know that I'm like an energizer bunny. I have a lot of energy available to me on a daily basis, as long as I get my, my beauty sleep. And that means that I have a lot of root chakra energy, which is really like sexual and libidinal in nature. So that can create a lot of art. It also can lead to, you know, sexual impulsivity, impulsivity in general, doesn't have to be sexual of nature, but definitely lends to that. And so I understand why restriction is so important in my life, because I can be really impulsive. You know, my progressed sun and my progressed rising are in Aries and Leo, which are two signs that are like, let's just do it. Let's go. Let's do it for me. <laughs> I, oh, that makes me feel good. I'm going to go do it. So I've had to practice this. That's why I'm sharing it with you. And it has a lot to do with this moment, as I've said. One of the analogies that the Kabbalists use when they talk about restriction is a light bulb. So I kept saying short circuit earlier. And I think this is a really powerful and easy metaphor to get your head around. You have a light bulb. Let's say it's a light bulb that's plugged in to a light source, to an electric source. There are three components inside any light bulb. There's a positive pole, a negative pole, and then in between those is a filament. The filament is literally the most important thing because without it, the positive pole and the negative pole will touch and explode, right? So there won't be light, basically. Just nothing will happen if the filament isn't there. So what the filament does is it acts like a conduit between the positive pole and the negative pole, and it pushes the, the current that flows from the positive pole and pushes it away so that, so that it never directly contacts the negative pole. And it's the resistance of this push. The filament, by the act of pushing the energy of the positive pole, keeps the light on. It keeps the light on. If it doesn't, if the filament isn't there, the light's never going to come on. So what what's going on? The negative pole, the Kabbalists say, is like our, is the knee-jerk reaction. It's our ego reaction. The negative pole is like, this makes me upset. I'm going to hit it. You know, when you watch kids, like babies, toddlers, they're like, I'm upset. I'm screaming. I'm hitting things. I'm taking the toy away from the person who has the toy. That's the negative pole. We all have that inside of us, right? Freud would call it the id. It's the part of us that wants to just do what we want to do and have selfish behavior regardless of how everyone else is feeling. When we do this, when we engage in the negative side, so let's say that I, what's, an, what's a good example? Imagine you cook a dinner for a friend that's coming over and your friend is 10 minutes late. You decide to eat the meal in those 10 minutes before your friend, imagine, Imagine that you, your friend shows up, they're 10 minutes late, and you've already eaten. And not only that, you've eaten their food. And they show up and they're like, hey, where's the food? And you're like, oh, I ate it. You were 10 minutes late. That is a, a hilarious example of the negative pull. Because you're just like, I don't care. I'm going to eat the food, right? <laughs> and then people would be like, okay, that person's like antisocial, right? So the negative pull creates antisocial behavior. And this obviously, if you do it over and over again, is where the realm of addiction falls under, is the negative pull. When we don't restrict, it's just like, it's full, it's short-circuiting. So it's like you feel really good while you're eating the meal that you prepared for your friend because you're like experiencing the endorphins of eating the food. But then your friend comes over and you probably end up feeling bad because you're like, oh, why did I eat all that food? You know, why did I do that? I should have just waited the 10 minutes that it was going to take for this person to show up. So, right, you get an immediate gratification, but you don't get long-term gratification. 
So you short circuit. You have a flash of energy, you feel really good for a moment, then you burn out. That's what a, sh a short circuit is. So, you know, you get a high and then you get a crash. Eating an entire pint of ice cream is the same exact metaphor. It's the same thing. Fleeting pleasure followed by a sick feeling. That's what that that's what following the negative energy is. So in our lives, to experience long-term pleasure, which is what these nodes are asking us to do, it's what the eclipses October 25th and November 8th are asking us to do leading into the next six months before the nodes change, we are learning to master being the filament in our lives, being that central corridor between the positive and negative to keep the light on and to keep the light like going. So not you're, you're not blowing your light bulb. And the only way to not blow your light bulb is to experience the pleasure in a, in a container, in a restricted manner. This is not easy to do. You know, there's so many areas of life. The easiest one to talk about is usually food. That's a very easy place to talk about. And it can also be the dangerous side of it is that you can over-restrict. So there's always a balance there. But eating an entire bag of chips uncontrollably in a sitting is a short-circuit moment, is not honoring the filament. So being the filament means to be like, wow, I'm going to eat five chips. That's all I really need to taste the deliciousness of them anyway. And I can then move forward with more energy knowing that I have a container that I apply to all of my life. So another deeper example is in interpersonal relationships when your partner or close person in your life does something that upsets you. Instead of short-circuiting, which is to immediately yell or try to control or, you know, shut down, etc., fight or flight or fawn, those three immediate responses, you slow down and you go, okay, I'm not going to immediately fight, flight, or fawn. I'm going to take a moment if you need to take a moment, which is an act of restriction because you're not doing the initial ego response, which is to either attack, run, or appease. That's what fight, flight, or fawn is. It's just like a very knee-jerk reaction to maintain safety, which is also another key word of Taurus and Scorpio. How do you be safe? How do you maintain safety? We're being asked to elevate and upgrade our ability to respond in interpersonal crises, in uncomfortable situations. One thing I just read on the internets by one of couples psychologist person was like, you know, you have to be willing to have, to consistently have uncomfortable conversations with your partner. So if you want to be in a partnership, that's why I think it's like people are so funny because everyone's like, I want to be in love. I want to experience love, right? That's the like a built-in human thing. But most folks aren't like consciously willing to constantly be in uncomfortable conversation, which is what it actually takes. The work of being in a relationship is to constantly be in uncomfortable conversations where you have to practice restrictions, where you can't cry or steal the toy from your partner or hit your partner. You can't do those things. Those are all short circuits. To have a long-term pleasurable relationship, you have to be the filament. You have to, in moments of wanting to short circuit, say, okay, I'm upset. You're not repressing your emotion. That's the key here. It's, it's not about repression. I'm upset. You acknowledge whatever you're experiencing. You take as much time as you need, usually, or compromise and talk around about how much time you need for both people to then regroup and be like, okay, I'm feeling this. Let's unpack that. And also, I'm not going to scream, cry, hit, run away, etc. Because I'm, 
you know, freaked out and my ego wants to protect me. So there's a lot around reparenting here. And um, you get this a lot with the water and earth signs. They all have a lot of parental stuff. There's a lot of parental signatures, Taurus and Scorpio here. You know, uh, Scorpio is about emotional enmeshment, addi re relationship addiction, SLAA, etc. And Taurus is about, you know, wanting to parent the other person and create a parent-child dynamic in a partnership. So those are things that are being unpacked right now and changed. They're being transformed irrevocably, which often brings up reactive behavior in relationships. So if during eclipse season you experienced a communication breakdown or a reactive moment in an interpersonal relationship, that's your key right there. That's the key to the door that you have to open. And you can open it by practicing restriction. So by choosing to keep the light bulb on, by taking pleasure, but also pushing back on the pleasure. That's the that's the weird, it's the weird thing about restriction. You can experience the pleasure. It's not that you don't get to eat the chips. You can eat the chips. Just don't eat the whole damn bag, right? You can get upset at your partner. You just can't, you know, run away from your partner or, or, or attack your partner or yell at your partner, right? So it's, you can experience the reality, the sensual embodied reality of the moment in a container. That's the key. This is Saturn and Aquarius, by the way. I'm giving you the Saturn talk. Saturn is restriction. And from my life, when I've implemented restriction in my communication style, in my interpersonal relationships, in my relationship to my own body and pleasure, it has brought miracles into my life. But it's a consistent daily practice. You don't get to, like I've said in previous episodes, you don't get to opt out of practicing it during a day because you'll slip back into reactive patterns over time. So it really is a daily commitment, which can be hard. And there's times where you make mistakes, surely. I have done that a lot. And also, I'm like, what are my eyes on the prize? Like, And in the places that I've been really consistent, I've seen so much expansion in my life. So much love. Just like, wow, I did it. I didn't just like do the initial thing that made me feel good that kind of numbs me out from this reality. Like life is really rich and I want to experience it even if it's uncomfortable a lot of the time. <laughs> even if it's uncomfortable a lot of the time. So knowing that everything we do gives us energy, what kind of energy is it? Are you letting that energy run you or are you creating a container of restriction around that energy? Still experiencing the pleasure, but with rules, with limitations, and honoring those limitations because you love yourself, North Node in Taurus, because you love yourself. That's this eclipse cycle we're in, folks. It's going to feel less and less intense as we get into late November and early December, but it's still very present as I record this. Obviously, I'm recording on the full moon lunar eclipse, and it's going to feel intense probably until you know, November 28th or so. And December, especially with Sagittarius season, is going to give us a little bit of a break to have some fun, but to have some fun with a little bit of restriction around it. <laughs> That's the key, especially in interpersonal dynamics. Um, your closest three to five people in your life really elevating your ability to be a more loving person by being more in control of yourself. That's a big, big part of it. We're all working on this. I know where I have to work. Trust me. <laughs> so, you know, um, give yourself compassion while you are on this journey. 
for sure. So I'm going to just do a really quick Monday through Friday, what I see, you know, the top of the week, Monday starts out with the moon in Leo, which is going to activate the eclipse again by the moon. So Monday may bring about things that you were talking um, or experiencing on November 8th when I record this. So there could be a flashback to the eclipse where you're like, oh, yep, okay, this thing is really ending, or this thing is really reaching a new phase, or I have to really look at this thing that's going to be a big part of the next six-month journey for me. You know, this is the this is like facing the music on Monday. It's a little uncomfortable, not going to lie. It's a little uncomfortable on Monday because we have to face the music. Now, if you have been listening to the song of your life, and you have to face the music on Monday, and you've been listening, you might be like, okay, I know, cool, this is an affirmative. If you've been trying to run away or ignore the music, Monday can be a little bit of a reality check. So that's the energy there. There is a lot of emphasis on children, your pleasure, your inner child on Monday. So if you need to take some time to get in touch with that person, that's beautiful. Experiencing some joy would be helpful. Expressing yourself would be beautiful on Monday, even Tuesday. Just spending some time getting some energy out. This is a really good time to do sports, to play, to run, to be in nature, especially because the emotions of the eclipse are so full throttle that you need to actually move that energy out of your body so that you don't short circuit. Part of not short circuiting is having a consistent routine of moving the energy out, whether that's exercise, taking a walk in nature, practicing like Qigong, doing any kind of martial art, etc. All of those things help big time. Wednesday, we still have some final moments of tension around the eclipse. It's funny, Monday through Wednesday. Monday through Wednesday of last week were intense, and then Monday through Wednesday of this week still feel very eclipsy to me. So if you still feel like you're in the full throttle throngs of like processing a surprising update or just like knowing you have to finish something or there's something that's changing, really changing, like you're you're flipping the page in a book and you're like, oof, we're not going back there. Okay. Monday through Wednesday is still process moment. But like I said, move that energy, move that fire. If you need to yell, yell into a pillow or go into the woods and yell. Like find a place to like really let that emotion out, especially. I like that I use the word yell because the moon in Leo makes me think of a lion roaring. So that's kind of Monday through Wednesday is the the lion. Let the lion roar. Thursday, we have the moon move into Virgo. We do have Mars and Neptune in a square so this gets, it's weird. I mean, Mars and Neptune are in a square all week. So, and it's getting closer by the end of the week. It's just like, oh, mm, move, move really slowly this week. Move really, really slowly, especially Thursday and Friday in terms of signing contracts, uh, making any sort of agreement whatsoever. Traveling looks kind of intense during this period of time. So giving yourself a lot more time to get places uh, I would actually err on the side of underscheduling yourself if you can on Thursday and Friday. It just looks like a wonky time, especially because Jupiter's there with Neptune in Pisces, creating like a lot of mystical energy and like ethereal, ungrounded energy, but not ener- not any kind of energy that helps us with our daily lives, like in late capitalism. So like getting things done in like a routinized way, which is what the Virgo moon wants. The Virgo moon's like, let's do all 20 things on our to-do list. And the, all the Pisces and Mars energy is like, good luck, good luck. 
Like, <laughs> this is not going to go the way you want it to go. It's going to be wonky, weird, and like the Mad Hatter's party. So Thursday and Friday, to me, look like times to really take it slow. Might be a good time to like, take if you can take time off. <laughs> I look at this and I'm like, go do something you love to do on Friday. Like, maybe skip work. If <laughs> Not everyone can do that. But for people who can build their own schedule, Friday especially looks like a time to just, like, you know, get out of class early. Like, you know, go, go play hooky. Like, have fun. Do something that's simple, pleasurable, and uncomplicated Friday. If you are trying to do a really heavy lift task that's detail-oriented, I, as a good astrologer, would just say, like, not the time like put it off saying hey next week some people may feel like they're on a crunch period where they have to get something done before that thanksgiving holiday and i'm just gonna say like this looks extremely frustrating for that for that thursday friday energy so please give yourself a lot of room don't burn yourself out on these two days because it, it looks super likely saturday sunday the energy actually dissipates because the moon moves into libra which is just means that like spend time with your loved ones, spend time experiencing beauty, 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 uh, beauty, art, pleasure, the things you love, uh, the people you love specifically. Libra rules partnerships. So experiencing the people you love, working on your relationships, or just you know giving energy to your relationships and receiving energy from your relationships, as well as just like you know keeping it peaceful. I, the one side of Libra that I love is just like keeping it just like chilling out and being like, you know what, let's let's balance out how kind of weird and chaotic this week was with a really chill, balanced, very aesthetically pleasing, fun weekend. So that's what I would recommend for the weekend. And actually, I like the weekend a lot. I've The last couple weekends have felt a little weird to me. This one feels a lot more grounded, balanced, adjusted. So do something that is not too extreme, pleasurable, and in community with people. That would be my recommendation for the weekend. I love each and every one of you. I am recording on the full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. This is, what a choice. It was a choice I made. It kind of just happened. Sometimes that, sometimes I just end up in the studio. So this is what's happening. Please reach out if you need a reading. I've really been enjoying the last few readings I've had with clients. They've been so fun and dynamic. I love. I just fall in love with people when I read their chart. It's fascinating. I learn so much from it, as well as obviously share what I know 17 years deep in this work. It's a great time to do it. It's a great holiday gift if you want to gift this to somebody for a, um, you know, whatever holidays you celebrate in December. I love to do uh, gifted readings. It's always a fun surprise. And um, you can find all that information out in my link tree in the show notes. I will be back next week on the World of Rex. Thank you for listening. Take care.